0: I got to meet a really awesome person via the internet this week. Tell me about it. So I am a weirdo, and I, like, watch our show analytics, like, all the time. (laughs) And, like, more than once a day, I'm checking them to see what's going on. And for the past several weeks, I've been noticing – so according to the Anchor app, like 86% of our listens are from America, which makes sense cuz we're both American. Yep. <laughs> this is an American I guess it's primarily an American podcast, I don't know. But we've been having a, a steady 7% listening from Nigeria. And I've been very curious but like who like who is this 7%? Who's the who's tuning in?
1: Okay. Seven um, percent of forty yeah. is actually two point eight. So there are potentially three Nigerian listeners. I just want to put that out there. Oh,
0: I see. Or they're listening more than one time.
1: Oh, that's fair. That's entirely <laughs> you possible. You used
0: your calculator. I was like, wow, she did that. In her no,
1: I used my <laughs> phone. You used it.
0: you used your phone calculator. Um, but we got our latest episode got retweeted by a young lady. Named Noyelum. I hope I pronounced that right because I even asked her. Because I, like, asked her if I could talk about her on the podcast. And she said yes. And then I asked her how to pronounce her name because I didn't want to sound like a stupid white person trying to pronounce a name wrong. No, that's fair. Um, But she retweeted us on Twitter. And then I got super excited and I messaged her and we got to message back and forth a little bit oh that's so cool yeah so I got to meet a new person and it like made my day Aww. it was the best thing that's happened to me this week so far um, so she so that because you didn't talk to her so I'll tell you she's a fifth year medical student bless in Nigeria I know that's harder than what we do I think
1: I know it's harder than what I do
0: I don't want, I don't. A hundred More power to you, girl. Um, but also she's starting like some freelance writing on the side. Like she wants to do some freelance medical writing and like get paid to write more. So that's cool. You can find her on Medium, which is a website you can use to publish stuff. Love it. Um, Big fan. I might also, I might ask her permission to put, she has like a, a website for her freelance writing Aww, stuff. yeah. So I might ask her if we can put it in the show notes. If, if anyone needs a medical writer, I don't know if she's any good, but she <laughs> listens to our show. So she's probably, I you know, I. She's probably awesome. She I'm confident awesome in her skills.
1: Me. I'm here for I you, girl. I am
0: confident.
1: I believe you're very good at this
0: so i made a new friend this week i love that. and it made me really really happy
1: and if any of our other 1.8 listeners from nigeria would like to chime in we're here
0: or honestly anyone i hope <laughs> all of our regular listeners i want what i want you to take from this is that Catherine brewer loves it when you retweet us or connect with us on social media or send us a message or do whatever because I love meeting new people and I want to know who you are so I can get to know you yeah it it legitimately actually makes my day so please
1: talk to us and I'm not really on the internet but um, if you can talk to me. You can talk to Catherine and she'll tell me about it. And bonus points if you find me, then, yeah. <laughs> I will talk to you. <laughs> but, yeah. You can talk to Catherine. She'll tell me about it. I'll, yeah. I'm sure you're amazing and you- fantastic. I just don't do the DMs.
0: She seems like it. Or the
1: public M's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway but she seems awesome and i'm very excited me too she's super I hope cool that we get also better, i know more. that med school is harder than what we do and i'm very impressed and very proud and a little afraid so you go kid she's doing it yeah you go
0: Yep, speaking of going, welcome to the Feminine (laughs) Genus Podcast. I'm Catherine Brewer. I'm Mary Grace Smith. We're two Catholic women in science talking about faith, science, and how they meet in real life.
1: Yes, we are. Do you know what we're talking Uh, about today, Katherine? I do because you told me. (laughs) Okay, but you were supposed to say no, I have this whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry, I'm sorry, Sorry. I'll start again. (laughs) Ask me, ask, ask me again. (laughs) Ask me again.
1: Catherine, do you know what's happening this week?
0: I do not, Mary Grace. What's going on this week?
1: <laughs> it is the first show of the Great British Bake Off season this year, and I am very excited. I can't wait. I love that show. I do, do. It's the best. Um, it is a hundred percent my favorite. Um, did you know that in Britain people do like like fantasy football leagues but for the great british bake-off <laughs> i don't because <laughs> it's not you don't know who they are yet i know but that's why it's so fun and like you... completely chaotic because you just have to like look at their pictures and guess
0: <laughs> you're like ah oh, she seems like a very put-together woman i bet that she will do very well yeah exactly exactly
1: I know this because we, in, instead of doing science in lab, um, no, we were doing science. It was just during an incubation um, we found this out, and so my lab now has a Great British Bake Off fantasy league, and I'm super excited. <laughs> so who did you who did you pick to win? Now I'm gonna look it up. I'm not telling. Also, I haven't finished it yet. Um, oh, I so you so you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have through tomorrow to do it, so I'm, I'm not yet finished. I'm, I'm looking at pictures. I'm debating.
0: Collection 10. Well, I have to look it up
1: now, because now I have to figure out who... Yeah, man, you have to pick best baker and who goes home every week, and then the final three, and then who wins out of that. Do, do, do. So.
0: Oh, this isn't right i'm on wikipedia but it said says series 10 was in august of 2019 and i'm like well that's not right. yeah no we're on series
1: 13 i think
0: Oh, uh, oh that's right because america doesn't have all of them nope or something they they because cruelly keep BB. us from them because of the bbc rules and such and such yes okay do 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 oh there's someone with pink hair Oh, yes, there is.
1: I have her going about halfway.
0: That was what I was thinking. I'm like I think she's gonna have enough um, creativity to get her through the
1: first half. Yeah, but I don't I don't think she's gonna make it all the way. Yeah. Um, I have her going about halfway. She seems delightful but I, I feel I feel it's gonna be a creative heavy. She's gonna do great in like the signatures and not so great in the technicals so she's gonna go home halfway. That's what I got. That seems that seems accurate. Uh Wow, a lot of young ones in this crew. I know. It's a lot of young people. Love to see it. Love to see it.
0: Um hmm, who's gonna win it? I feel like it's gonna take too long for me to try to figure this out. Yeah, no. Oh, there's a nuclear scientist.
1: I know, right? I'm very That's excited really about it. That's
0: really cool. His signature style of bake is child-friendly horror. Yeah. I'm as- I'm assuming hmm, they didn't they didn't attach the names with the pictures. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm trying to like guess who they are. Oh, Sandro is a nanny. I want that nanny. No, a I nanny. Know. That... Wow. One. Ooh, day... there's a car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One day, I'm just gonna quit my job, move to the to the United Kingdom, get permanent residency, and be on the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Do you have to be a permanent resident to be on the show? Is that in the rules? Um. Okay, I looked this up like last year, during last year's season. And I know it wasn't full citizenship, but yeah, you have to be like a permanent resident, or you have to have a green card, or it was like some like long term
0: residency. Uh, Um, I guess you
1: can't.
0: You can't just like get a visa
1: and. Which is lame. Actually, honestly, I think in England I could stay there long enough to film the whole thing without even needing a visa, but that is not allowed.
0: Well, I mean, it is called the Great British Bake Off. They probably want British people I guess, to be in it. It would be like doing American Idol, but you have a contestant that just flies in from Switzerland.
1: I don't know, man. Okay, I think I would be very charming on TV. Um. I'm not saying you wouldn't be a great contestant. I think (laughs) you would. We could play off the
0: biscuit scone thing. Well, I mean, I think what I'm hearing is you Could just need you? to do a postdoc in
1: England. I think so too. I think, yeah, yeah, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, this week in honor of Great British Bake Off, I want to talk about science and baking and how baking is actually pretty scientific. Because you also posted you you're you're big in the the bread scene. Aren't you? I am not I wasn't call
0: myself big in the bread too <laughs> I do I do bake bread, yes.
1: And you were posting about our soured or your your sourdough starter. On I was posting Instagram.
0: about my sourdough starter because I wanted the people to know that we do other
1: things besides
0: do a podcast.
1: Yeah, I bake a lot. It is my main stress relief.
0: Yes, I have made a I made some mini loaves of bread this week for the first time in several weeks cuz that was why I was afraid my sourdough starter was dying. Yikes. Was because I hadn't fe- been feeding it much in the past 2 months cuz I've been too busy to bake bread and so I forgot about it. But You're a bad starter mom,
1: a bad sourdough (laughs) starter mom.
0: Well, I think that is the issue when you have something that legitimately doesn't have to be fed except once a week. It's like a lot easier to forget when it doesn't require consistency.
1: And it doesn't remind Uh, you like a dog.
0: Yeah. So just why I wonder if people who are not good with plants like think they shouldn't have kids. No. And I just want to be like, No. Because kids will tell you when they need something.
1: Kids will very much tell you.
0: Plants will just die, but kids, there's a feedback mechanism. And
1: sometimes, even if you provide exactly what the plant needs, it still dies. Anyway, anyway, so. Baking is a particular love of both of ours. Yes, we enjoy it. So we're going to talk about how it's actually scientific. Uh, And part of the reason I know so much about this is because I have a lot of food allergies and various intolerances and things. And so, like, I do a lot of, like, gluten-free baking and some dairy-free baking. And so I've had to, like, read up on what individual ingredients are doing in recipes so that I can find the substitute that I, you know, can enjoy that will do similar things. Yeah, so I think, like, really it comes down to there's, like, a little bit of biology and, like, knowing how heat denatures proteins and then um, causes them to, like, bind together in new ways. And that leads to a lot of, like, your structural development in bakes. There's a lot of chemistry and knowing how things like baking soda is going to react to the, you know, acidity in the buttermilk. And you know stuff like that, and there's also a lot of like physics and just like gas expansion and changes, particularly in bread, Um, but to a lesser extent in cake as well. Um, And I just think that's really cool.
0: All right, lay it lay it on me because I am probably not woefully unprepared, but I am. decently unprepared I
1: did not tell Catherine this was happening because I didn't decide this was happening until this afternoon
0: it's okay we're doing our the typical like um duo podcast thing where one person has a topic and has some thoughts on it and then the other person is just along for the ride and provides commentary
1: yeah pretty much um (laughs) But I, um, yeah, I had a a scientific thing picked out that was going to be, like, heady and informative and, like, people were going to learn things. And this afternoon I was like, you know, I'm really tired and my brain is, like, sad. So we're going to talk about baking instead. (laughs) So here we are. Um, You
0: get a little bit of everything on this podcast, guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) come for the science. (laughs) Stay for the treats. Um, but one of the things I saw, um, surprisingly a lot of people have written on how baking is scientific, um, and a lot of people have done, like, specifically, like, science lessons for kids about baked goods and, like, trying to... You keep, you keep talking. I just remembered something. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, and, like, trying to give, like, children, like, a a firmer context, which I think is really cool. Um, actually... The winner of Great British Bake Off in 2018, Raul, um, he was a physicist of some kind. I don't remember exactly. I should have written that in my notes. I didn't. Here we are. (laughs) Um, But he called the kitchen the oldest um, scientific laboratory in the world. Um, Which I thought that was cool and is very true. But I I, I thought it was interesting that, like, a lot of lessons are trying to give kids context. Like, they've seen their mom bake cakes or their dad. Who knows? um, And cookies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so giving them, like, a context for, like, science in their everyday life, which I thought was really cool. Um, But, yeah, so lots of people have have written about it, interestingly enough. Because I thought when I Googled it I wasn't going to get a lot. But here we are. Um, But one of the things I saw... Pointed out was that the same ingredients give you different results. And so, like, whew, excuse me, cake and bread and cookies all have like the same base for ingredients. And that's flour, it's sugar, it's some kind of fat, generally butter, but also you could use like a margarine or some substitute like that, and eggs, right? All Did you of include those. bread in that category? Yeah.
0: Like a brunch like a oh okay yes an enriched bread sure and enriched bread
1: also i
0: was gonna gonna get real bread purist on you be like excuse me (laughs) i will my bread eggs (laughs) go into
1: all of my gluten-free bread because it's the only way we incorporate any kind of structural protein that's Uh, true because this is why yes normal bread has gluten in it which is this really nice like long sort of like tenderly protein it is a polymer um but the fun thing about gluten is the more you need the bread the longer the polymer gets so the gluten gets all like stuck together in these nice long chains and so that's what gives you all of that support to get the really nice like rise structure with all the bubbles in it so that when the yeast starts eating all the sugar and it produces gas rather than the gas just like leaking out like it does sometimes in my sad gluten-free bread um (laughs) The, the gluten sort of makes this, like, web of of po- polymerous fiber. I mean, really, it's providing something
0: for the gas to push against. Pretty much, yeah. So the gas stays trapped
1: right. longer. So the gas can't, like, um, just, like, leave. Um, and so then the gas, as it heats it up, the gas expands, because that's what happens when you heat things up. They get bigger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, but anyway, but in gluten-free bread, we use eggs a lot because that has a lot of protein in it, particularly like an egg white. And so that helps. Oh, because you want,
0: you want to know why?
1: Yes. Bread expands.
0: So there's a, there's an, there's an equation in chemistry. Yeah. Called PV equals NRT. Yes. And this is is meant to describe the behavior of a gas under ideal conditions which an oven may or may not be ideal conditions but it's close enough so the idea here is that um, if you change one of the variables the other ones have to change to compensate for it yeah Um, and there's varying derivatives of this equation Um, I think these are I think, are they actually called gas laws
1: or are they called different? They things? are called the yes, gas, called laws. gas laws. Yes, they're called gas laws. This at is you. like
0: slowly coming back into my brain I <laughs> this is such a long time. Um, but basically, there's a relationship between temperature and volume. So all other things being equal. So your bread that's on your counter and your bread that's in your oven. Some of these variables in this equation are the same. So the pressure is the same. The R value is a constant, so that's the same. And the N value...
1: So the mass.
0: The mass is the same. The
1: number of atoms is the same.
0: The number of atoms is the same. But when you take your bread off the counter and you put it in the oven, the temperature goes up. And so... Oh, no, wait. That doesn't work, does it? Because the volume would be... No, never mind. Aw, I thought I had it. Okay. Because it's T1 over V1 equals T2 over V2, right? Yes. Yeah. Because they're on opposite sides of the equation. Never mind. I got all excited, and then it turns out I don't know anything.
1: So do you want to talk about the actual physics law that that governs that? Because that's the next point in my notes.
0: (laughs) I will if I remember it.
1: So it's called Charles Law. So yep, I did not remember that. The volume of a gas, again, we're assuming it's ideal, which um, we do a lot in science. We just assume it's going to behave exactly the way we want it to. <laughs> and it just is necessary. Um, where the the volume of a gas at constant pressure, so assuming you don't like climb up a mountain to bake your bread after you like prepare it at, at sea level, um, increases in direct proportion to absolute temperature so the volume of your gas is going to increase when it goes into your hot oven and that volume is the gas expanding and that gives you bubbles
0: oh so i was thinking about the right thing i was just using the wrong equation
1: yeah oh, you, okay, were, you were you were on the right way
0: the right i way. haven't used any of this information in four years so it all got lost i'm impressed you pulled out the Pivner. i would not have gotten there <laughs> The only reason I remember it is because my parents are chemical engineers and they went to the University of Missouri Rolla mm-hmm. and a part of their fight song has the equation in it. It goes, PV equals NRT, let's go minor victory. <laughs> and so I would hear my parents chant this occasionally. And so I've had that equation in my brain <laughs> For like my entire life, even though like I didn't actually know what the equation was until my sophomore junior year of college.
1: Was this so, some kind of technical school?
0: Yes, it's now the University of Missouri of Science and Technology. Narrative. So it's it's an engineering
1: school. Primarily. Okay. Because that—that's the kind of fat song only an engineer could come up with. <laughs> an engineer left unsupervised. <laughs> um, but yes, Charles Law. Yeah, so Charles Law is that volume gas expands volume, with
0: temperature. Yeah,
1: expands in direct proportion. So according
0: to a proportionality constant.
1: Yes, that which I, is
0: specific to each gas.
1: I don't or know. is it a con? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's not in my notes, Catherine. Please don't deviate from the script. I have not provided you.
0: <laughs> yes, don't deviate from the script. that I literally don't know what's coming.
1: <laughs> I would assume um, that it's based on the gas, but I don't know. Um like that makes sense, that it would be based on the gas, because gases have different densities and stuff. So Different densities and masses and... Yeah, stuff. Yeah. Science Although,
0: depending stuff. on the units of the constant value, their difference in mass might not matter that much. Fair enough. Anyway. Anyway.
1: So, Charles' Law, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, but basically, yeah, that, that gives us sort of that aeration and the nice fluffiness that we like to see from our breads. But also, it's important in cakes. Um, even though cakes have, like, a completely different leavening schema. Because um, cakes, modern cakes, okay, there is this, if, if you watch Bake Off, you know, when they have... They used to use yeast. They used to use yeast in their cakes. They do that. They make them do that on History Week.
0: And they're like, this is stupid. We have baking powder Exactly. To get rid of this problem.
1: But basically, most cakes have... Um, Either baking soda or just baking powder. Um, and baking powder is baking soda plus um, some kind of acid. Generally cream of tartar. Um, so fun fact, if you're out of baking powder, you can make make it. Um, but basically the baking soda then reacts with the acid. Um, like you've seen like with the, the volcanoes. Baking soda and vinegar and it all bubbles up. That's generally how most cakes rise. But they still have to trap the bubbles. That expand because of Charles' law.
0: So I have I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the texture of cake so different from the texture of bread? Is it that the chemical? Because it's not like. Is it the structure of the surrounding material that makes it different? Because in cake you have like basically, the holes are a lot lot smaller. Yeah than in bread is that just because there's not as much developed gluten in cake so you have some rise but most of the gas leaches out before the cakes actually baked and so you don't like because in bread like part of the reason why you get those big air holes is because the gas takes longer to escape and so the dough hardens while it's being cooked before the gas is escaped which is why you get the big holes in it because the gas is still there But in cake, you don't see that.
1: Yeah, a lot of it has to do with you don't develop the gluten in a cake because you don't like need it.
0: You don't want it to be bread. And
1: generally after you add the flour, you like mix a cake as little as you possibly can um, to avoid overdevelopment of the gluten. Um, But also cake has a lot more fat in it. Um, And fat, did you know fat is like 20% water, like the fats we cook with? Butter and I margarine. I did.
0: That. I did know that. Actually. Fun things.
1: Um, and so cake has a lot more fat, um, and sugar in it, which both of those um sort of prevent the the flour from forming as tight of a structure. So, it's nice and moist okay. and soft and squishy ideally yes. I don't know I've baked some hard cakes in my life
0: this does really <laughs> make me wish I had read this book more so for no so Randy bought me a book as he is wont to do friend of the show Randy um, friend friend of the show Randy. <laughs> I think I was like having a bad day or I was feeling bad. And he felt like getting me a gift because gift giving is one of his love languages. And so he bought me a book called bread science, the chemistry and craft of making bread. Um, and it's actually really adorable because they've got, you know, these little cartoons of like disulfide bonds. Yeah. Cause they are talking about proteins and, um, and disulfide bonds and it shows you like different stages of gluten in and it, it's like it's a very basic you know thing um but it just kind of tells you about some of the science of bread baking and then it has some recipes for like baking bread and shaping them and like why it works and frankly now I feel dumb I'm like I need to like I wish I had read this book before we started, because I would have more to say. But Sorry, babe. Um, maybe if y'all are just looking for a resource on the science of bread, read this book. It's really cool.
1: Oh, yeah. I also I, I added a lot of books to my Amazon wish list in <laughs> um, and, and doing a little bit of research for this, because there are some really cool books. One of them that I was really interested in is called Ratio, Um, But it talks about, like, the proportion of ingredients and, like, why these proportions, like, scientifically matter. Like, because a pound cake is a very particular kind of cake, right? It's denser. It's very rich. It has a different, like, texture and structure and taste to other cakes. And that has a pound of every ingredient in it. Or, like, half a pound. But basically has an equal ratio of everything in it by weight. And so, like, what scientifically makes that different from... Uh, you know, a lighter kind of cake that has, you know, maybe more flour and less fat or sugar in it. And like what or, the science is. Or egg
0: whites is. and not egg yolks.
1: Yeah, egg whites and egg yolks and like what the difference scientifically is. So hopefully Christmas this year is very fun and baking inspired, you know. Four-ish months away. A little less than that.
0: Three-ish months away.
1: Three, yeah, something like that. Oh, no, it's at the end of December. That's almost four.
0: Three months and ten days, sister.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the world is going too fast, and I'm going to ask it to slow down a minute. Please. Okay. Um, Christmas is sooner than I thought it was. That's exciting and not at all stressful. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So, but also baking happens in, like, three phases. The first is, like, um, the expansion phase. And so that's when, like, you want to be really careful not to open your oven during the expansion phase. Because that can disrupt, like, the heat around what you're baking. And that's going to change Charles's law. And so you're going to lose some of that really nice rise that you get from the gas expansion. Either from your yeast, eating sugar... Or um, you're baking soda reacting with acid and creating bubbles. Um, and then after that, sort of during the expansion and kind of like, they like, they cross over, you know. I'm, I'm showing Catherine with my hands what this graph is going to look like. Um, okay. But as the expansion phase goes down, you have the setting phase. And that's when the protein in your bake starts to sort of form your like really structure, like your hard structure and trap the gas. Um, And so in cakes, you have more starches and more water, and so that disrupts your your really tight protein structure, and so you don't get as, like, chewy and as big of a bubble, um, because you have more that's kind of just, like, sort of sitting in the way and and keeping the web from forming really tightly. But in um, bread, you have less of those ingredients, and so you have more protein that's able to form a really, like... Succinct structure, and so that's why yeah. it's also got more, like, bounce to it. Like, you can squeeze it, and it comes back up, and...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you can think about it like you can take a piece of bread dough, and you can stretch it without breaking it. Exactly. Which is basically what the gas is doing when it's expanding, is it's stretching, stretching it. it.
1: Whereas in cake, but it's more likely to you break. you cannot
0: stretch a cake better, because it is a liquid.
1: No. So... It's going
0: to fall apart in your hand.
1: Right, and, and so the, the expansion phase lasts longer... And so you have less of a, of a setting phase in a cake as well. Because it just takes that much longer for the gas to do its thing. Um, so does the expansion phase end when all the gas gets out? Theoret- so it, it like never like really ends. I think it, it mostly ends when the, the gas has gotten as big as it's going to get. If that makes sense. Okay. So if, if it has reached whatever volume... Uh, is uh, merited by the temperature. Okay. And also, I at least bake most of my bread at a higher temperature than my cakes, and so that also helps with the gas expansion.
0: Yes, me too, because you've got way too much sugar in that cake. If you bake a cake at 450, you're gonna burn it before you, the inside is done. <laughs> yeah, you are
1: gonna burn it, and that's why the final stage is called coloring. Um, and so that's when everything is like set and you've got the size and the shape it's going to be, but then um, the sugars on the top react to the heat and they form these really pretty nice crystals. this is called the Mallard reaction.
0: Yes. That's Randy's favorite reaction. There we go. Because you can use the same thing if you're talking about like coloring, like browning
1: meat. Exactly. And stuff. Yeah. it's basically starches, In this case, generally like sugars and so smaller starches, but it can be any starch if you let it happen long enough. Um, And it caramelizes, caramelizes. But yeah, so the mallard reaction happens at the very end and you don't want to let that go too long because it's really important for the flavor of what you're baking. um, But sometimes that flavor is burnt. (laughs) (laughs) Not that that's ever happened to me.
0: Sometimes the flavor is black. And that's sad. It. It's just <laughs> it's charred. Just
1: sad.
0: Um You can eat charred bacon. I guess you can eat charred cake if you're really desperate, but No. <laughs>
1: um
0: No. <laughs> I did have to take a knife. There a couple of my rolls that I baked that I put on Instagram. Were, the, were a little burned on the bottom and so I had to take a knife and kind of scrape them to try to yeah, try to get some of the black off of it. That's a thing like, that's, you
1: can do with bread.
0: That's a thing you can do with bread.
1: Also, the things you
0: don't put on Instagram <gasps> is that you burn the
1: bottom of the bread. They only need to see the tops. They're only interested in the tops. <laughs> yeah, I got really into like the no need bread that you bake in the Dutch oven. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. in quarantine. Um, but at the time, I didn't have, like, a proper Dutch oven, and so I was just using Corningware. Because it has a lid. <laughs> um, how did it go? Honestly, not bad. But one time I did, there is a nice little, little burn mark on the bottom of one. <laughs> and I don't know exactly how I did that. Because, like, the bread was fine. But, um. I mean,
0: also, if you want no need dough, no need bread, literally make any bread with sourdough starter. Because. Pretty much. Well, except in rich dough. Yeah. Because, so with normal. So, I guess if I want to get.
1: Go for it, babe.
0: Nerdy about bread for a second, because I love bread. So, your basic, your most basic bread has four ingredients. You have yeast, in some form, flour, water, and salt.
1: Do not That's salt. You forget the salt. You can't
0: forget the salt. If you don't have salt, you don't have flavor. This is why Jesus makes such a big deal about if salt <laughs> loses its flavor. With what shall it be seasoned? <laughs> you have to add salt. Yeah. Even if it's a cake, you have to add salt. Anyway. Um, and so a normal sourdough baking... You have what's called a sourdough starter, which is basically a yeast colony that is swimming in a soup of flour and water and is hanging out and living in there. Also, I got to explain to somebody this week that yeast are what's called a eukaryote and are Ah. not a bacteria. No. They are different things. Uh, (sighs) Eukaryotes are considered a higher organism than bacteria because they have cellular structures inside their cells that kind of compartmentalize the various cellular functions whereas in bacteria all the cellular functions are just kind of swimming around in the same soup and not distinct from each other but i digress so in a sourdough starter you have your yeast which is not bacteria. You do not cook your bread with bacteria.
1: If your sourdough starter has bacteria, it looks funky and smells off and you should not use it.
0: Don't use it. I it promise. turns pink. <laughs> Ooh, I've never had that happen yet. Um, but, so... Using your sourdough starter, that's got all your yeast that's going to raise your dough. And so... With normal sourdough bread you can just mix all the ingredients together and basically if you leave it long enough the gluten will develop and polymerize on its own. And so you don't actually have to knead or develop the gluten you just have to kind of leave everything alone. And what will happen is slowly over time the yeast that are inside your bread will multiply and eat up all the yummy stuff that's in your bread. Um, and they'll slowly start to like pre-expand your dough by dividing and producing carbon dioxide. And so then you don't have to knead your dough. You can just kind of shape it into the shape you want um, and bake it and you're done. Woo-hoo. But if you're using an enriched dough, like we were just talking about with cake, um, you don't just have those four ingredients of yeast, flour, water, salt, salt. Um, an enriched dough means that you're adding extra ingredients, so you're adding oil or butter, you're adding eggs, you're adding milk, sugar, um, sugar. you'll definitely want to add sugar because the yeast need a little bit of help yeah. uh, to grow in this phase. But when you're using an enriched dough, like we were talking about before, because you have all of these extra ingredients that are going to make it harder for your gluten to develop and for your yeast to expand your bread, in order to develop gluten in your bread, you're going to want to knead your dough before you let the yeast just develop and rise on their own. This is why, and if you ever do an, a brioche or in a rich bread, I always use a stand mixer because I am lazy. And kneading is a lot of effort, and the dough hook... Um, My stand mixer does Does perfectly fine without
1: me. Yeah, I can walk away for a minute. No, a lot of like, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was done. Yeah. I was just going to say like a lot of like dessert breads, especially like around the holidays are enriched breads like um, Thomas is German. Cinnamon rolls are enriched bread. Love a cinnamon roll. Um, But like Thomas is German and so we make Stolen, which is like a German Christmas bread. And it is very enriched. It also has marzipan in the middle.
0: Big Yum. fan.
1: Still, I have bought some good gluten-free stolen. I'm still working on my... I'm on a, I'm on a stolen journey. I'm gonna get there.
0: They also so have a,
1: a Hungarian so- Easter bread they make, and we're on a big journey with that.
0: <laughs> is that the one where they put the little egg?
1: No. It? Um. You can put an egg in it. I don't. Because I'm still trying to, like, get it down but you're like supposed to braid it in like a crown shape and it's really pretty and like thomas's grandmother makes it and it's glorious every year for easter um and mine this past year was edible which is an improvement <laughs> but also a fun fact with bread i i have yet to succeed in getting a gluten-free sourdough starter to like happen for I- me
0: I've gotta tell you babe, I'm not sure that it's possible.
1: Okay, but the internet says it is
0: <laughs> Okay, but um... literally your colony can't how do you know if your if your yeast is like in log
1: phase you yeah, get bubbles a little bit? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, I just <laughs> should I should I explain
0: log phase or should we move on?
1: We're moving on. Um okay. but a thing that I do instead is I'll <laughs> make bread and I'll put in like a little less yeast than the recipe calls for. And then I just like let it sit for a really long time. Um, like a day, sometimes a little bit more, on the countertop. Covered. It's covered, it's fine. Um, and then that what that lets it do is the yeast um, starts to like grow on its own and you get kind of like a sourdoughy experience just out of sheer yeah. laziness. So
0: you get the flavor.
1: Yeah, you get the sourdough flavor because the yeast kind of has to multiply by itself and it, it gets a really long time to eat through all the sugar and like think about it. But that's also helpful for gluten-free baking because it develops your your bubble structure a little slower. And so it um, gets a little better of a rise. Do yeast also...
0: I was just thinking about this now. Maybe you don't know the answer to this. When yeast multiply... I'm trying to remember. Is there an acid that's also something that they release when they... Okay, so that's why sourdough always tastes kind of sour.
1: Yeah, because they kind of... Oh sorry.
0: Oh, I was gonna say like if you've ever tasted a little bit of your sourdough starter while you were
1: feeding it, and you was like, "Wow, that's really sour." Can't say that I've done that. I'm gonna be real honest with you. I think that's a personal experience. Um, but am I the
0: only one who likes eating a little bit of my bread dough? Like when I never mind. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> that's fun.
0: That'll be our next Twitter poll. Um, I don't. I don't get to eat carbs in most of the rest of my life, okay? Okay. <laughs> I, um,
1: I But um but also like sourdough, one of the things that happens when you let a sourdough develop is it begins to run out of sugar and that's when you get that acid production and that's what makes the sourdough taste soury because it eats through yes. all the sugar in the bread and then it's like, "Nah, what's this?" and it switches to lactic acid fermentation yeah no. there you go yeah that's the yeah baby word.
0: <laughs> i remember this from undergrad too. <laughs> what's
1: up we can record late at night and it's still gonna be fine
0: <laughs> it's nine o'clock it's okay that's very
1: late for me okay <laughs> okay but um yeah so it, it switches to lactic acid fermentation as its like energy production source and so that's why sourdough tastes sour-y. It's really good. Um, but yeah, but also a, a cool thing about sourdough that I'm just going to throw in here because it randomly popped into my brain and that's how I work. Um, like different places have different yeast that colonize their air. And when you make a sourdough starter, basically you you put some flour and water on your counter and you're like, hello, little airborne yeasts. This is a very nice place for you to settle down. (laughs) Please Please. come. (laughs) Please move in. And so, like, certain places actually have, like, a quote-unquote, like, famous sourdough. Like, San Francisco, because it has a unique, like, flora of yeast in its air, has, like, a very distinctive sourdough that's, like, famous. And so sourdough places, like, different places, their sourdough is going to taste a little different because they're working with, like, what they have in nature and i think that's pretty cool yeah that's another thing that i
0: actually really love about sourdough yeah because um, i'll be honest i tend to be less precise with baking than i do i i find bread more forgiving than cake um but uh i tend to bake somewhat less precisely than i do science because it's like it's okay if this messes up because this won't like affect my career progress or whatever. Yeah Um,
1: it's nice to have that freedom. I don't know
0: to me sourdough bread is just closer to the way that we baked bread for like forever because the way that like we started making bread was somebody's like flour water flatbread paste got like they like left it sitting out too long. And some yeast colonized it. And they were like, it got bigger. What happened?
1: Bake it they anyway.
0: Had, like, and they had, like, no idea what had happened, probably. Yeah. But, like, you know, so this is, like, the origin of bread is just some yeast just colonized some flour and water that someone had, like, left sitting out.
1: It's free And real then humans estate.
0: started figuring out that they could, like, do this on purpose to, yeah.
1: like, make
0: bread make bread rise and so i don't know to me there's something a bit more Authentic. i don't want to i don't want to use uh, yes that's a better <laughs> word than <being> like natural <laughs> the de- catherine's getting close to her roots this dehydrated yeast isn't natural. This is natural
1: mass produced nonsense mass
0: produced which is fine i also use it in a pinch when i need to <laughs> But I don't know. And I also love how to get away from the science for a second. I just love the fact that sourdough in particular is such a process of patience. Yeah. Because a sourdough project takes minimum like 24 hours to finish. Twelve, Well, minimum like 12 hours to finish. Um, but it's a thing where, like, you have to just set it up and then you have to walk away. And then, like, come back and, like. And
1: hope it's done something.
0: And hope it's done something. and I don't know. I like coming back and, like, you do what's called stretches and folds. So you don't need the dough. But in the early stages of rising your dough before you bake it, you might do what's called a stretch and fold. Where you basically just stretch the dough to, like, kind of gently assist with gluten development. Um, without like being too aggressive and I just there's something very meditative about just being like all right I'm gonna come back in 30 minutes and we're gonna do it again yeah you know and then all right I've gotta let this go and I'm gonna come back in eight hours and we're gonna probably bake a loaf of bread whether it's ready or not because
1: <laughs> that's how it goes <laughs>
0: that's how it goes
1: yeah I don't know. it's
0: very chill it is Sourdough bread nice. baking is very chill, which I appreciate a lot.
1: You're not candying fruit peel.
0: <laughs> no, that sounds awful. Why would I do that?
1: Because it's been stolen. <laughs> and I refuse to buy it from the store because pride.
0: Well, just remember, you did it to yourself.
1: I did do it to myself. And it was fun to learn. And the first year, it was the only part of the stolen that worked out okay, so... <laughs>
0: you just put the fruit peel in a, in a bowl and say like
1: alright no I, I, I threw it in a cake it was fine um, but yeah I, I cannot stress this enough I have a lot of baking disasters but we learn and we grow and I keep spreadsheets because I am a scientist and someday you're gonna write a cookbook
0: honestly like I do think about it sometimes Like the Addison's had- Disease Baking Cookbook <laughs> by Mary Grace Smith
1: here's how to bake and enjoy your life even when your intestines hate you um but yeah no but I also like like it because it's kind of like what you said earlier like it's not PhD work and so like if it messes up I don't have to like I don't have to tell anybody (laughs) I can just put it in the trash and we'll try again next week yeah and like there's a lot of freedom in that that I really enjoy but It is also like, I like it because it's like a, it's a creative way to, to get to do what I enjoy about science, which is try new things and, and, and mess around with stuff and see what happens when I combine things. (laughs) Significantly less likelihood of explosion, which I love.
0: Um, (laughs) Yes, I'm also notoriously bad at following a recipe.
1: Yeah. But that's, like, a thing I've had to grow into, is, like, with cooking, I just, like, what the heart feels. Um, (laughs) We throw in the pot, and it's fine. And with baking, but, like, you also learn what you can and cannot do that with, which I think is fun. You know, like, chocolate chips. You don't measure those. You put those in until your heart says it's enough. Um, Extracts. (laughs) A dash. Whatever
0: literally a yabba dabba do of that like <laughs> no one cares
1: <laughs> sometimes
0: significantly more
1: than i intended <laughs>
0: it's okay i've never i've never met eaten something i've been like i think you put too much almond
1: extract exactly that. like you can't overdo those uh, but you know like your your flour sugar fat ratios those need to be pretty precise and on it um, and so like i think also it's been like a good thing for me and like learning like what can i play with and like what needs to be left alone left alone and like why um and figuring out oh go ahead i was gonna be like shockingly i love like finding out why i can mess with some things and not others wow science um, but yes. I just don't have the same intellectual
0: curiosity about this as you do. I'm just like, this is a fun thing I don't have to think that hard about. Yeah. I am going to follow this recipe and I'm going to do the steps and I will have bread.
1: Yeah, because I just, I get to, I learn more and I get to, to play around and sometimes things don't work and God bless my husband, he eats them and tells me they're great anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what else do you have on your... Your your script. Oh, or did we
1: cover most of it? We covered most of it. I had a a little thing about cookies, and how um. Cookies have like significantly. Um, I had a thing about pastry, but that's like a whole thing. But um, cookies have like significantly less fat, and so that's why they get like really snappy. Because they have significantly more flour. And sugar, but they have less fat and other moisture-containing ingredients. And so you don't get that same, like, fluffy rise happening because you get so tight a structure. Because there's nothing to disrupt it. I feel like, well,
0: this would be a side tangent. It seems like we just have to have another one of these. I think so. So you can t- we can talk about cookies and pastries. But yeah, one thing even... we can discuss is the difference between the American and the British cookie.
1: Oh, that's very true. Because the, the things that they biscuit. call
0: biscuits. Yes, because I'm like, as you were saying, like, well, cookies snap. And I'm like, what kind of chocolate chip cookie are you eating that snaps? Okay, I like the ones that are like barely being held together (laughs) because they're like fifty percent sugar.
1: Oh yeah, that's a whole thing. Do you like and a large chunk of fat cookies? That's a whole thing. It depends entirely on the cookie context. That's fair. I don't know. I have my. My grandmother got this recipe from someone, and I don't know who, but I've always known them as my grandmother's ginger snap recipe. And she always got them to snap really nicely, and I have done everything I possibly can think of, and I can't get them to snap. They're always very chewy. And I think they're delightful, but, like... But Paul Hollywood would be... He would be appalled.
0: Displeased. He would be appalled. How dare you call this a biscuit? I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so, and that's weird because I'm working, and my, like, I work from the same recipe my mother can get them to snap. Hers are always snappy. We have the but are same you, recipe. But are you making gluten free modifications? Even not gluten free. They were always chewy. Oh. This is my white whale. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm happy to help you consume your white whale at Christmas this year. I love that. Yeah,
1: it starts, like, pre-Thanksgiving, like, right before Thanksgiving, because we would eat them at Thanksgiving, and then i just, like, bake them, like, constantly through the month of December. Um, Excellent. When I was waiting to hear if I had an interview for grad school, I made, like, 200 cookies in a (laughs) 24-hour period. It was not healthy. (laughs) Um, It was fine. called this coping? (laughs) (laughs) doing the best we can um but i digress but yeah no we'll we'll need to do it because like pastry is like a whole thing and like the layering of the fat and it's it's a whole thing Um, there will be a part two there will be a part two stay tuned tbd (laughs) but
0: yeah are you about ready to wrap up i'm ready to wrap up if you are Baking Queen Mary Grace,
1: I I sure give it my best shot.
0: <laughs> yes, well, it sounds like I will I will do a special baking project this weekend just to Ooh-hoo. put on our Instagram page. Love it. Yes, and with that, we hope that you found this conversation enjoyable and that we'll see you next time. Please uh, leave us a review and rate us on your podcast platform of choice wherever. Rating and reviewing are available. I know that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify they are, uh, but they may also be there somewhere else. You can connect with us on our Instagram and Twitter pages. I will have the handles for those in the show notes. Um, and please, more than anything, tell your friends, retweet, share, send a text.
1: Let Just look at the person like sitting.
0: <laughs> Let us know if you like baking. Look at the person sitting across from you and being like, hey, have you heard of this show? Because I know that you're listening to this like on the bus and there's someone else nearby that you can tell. Yeah, no.
1: (laughs) Tell people, Uh, message Catherine on Twitter, send me a carrier pigeon. Please message me on Twitter. You'll
0: literally make my day. Um, But yeah, with that, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Remember, JP2 called you a genius. Oh,
1: yeah. He did. (laughs) See ya.
0: Just waiting for Mary Grace to join the call. Now that I'm sitting here, it's crystal clear. And now I'm doing a whole new show with you.